Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. People are offended about the the knockoff, I've been working on a railroad, not singing it. You don't think they're going to get really angry if you start burning Taylor Swift albums? SI's Ross Dillinger. His belly's just hanging out from underneath the jersey, and which looks like it's in perfect condition, you know, because he didn't play. And he's he's got the horns up, but it's like a half horn, and it's kind of like a limp wrist horn. And it's just like sitting there and he's just like staring up in the distance. It is the saddest looking picture. And SI's Pat Forty. That was always, that was, you know, one of the great things about the poll era or whatever the hell it was, was people just like refusing to acknowledge that the other team won a championship. It's not good enough that you won a half. You have to also deny the other team's half. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, and uh, because we like focusing on misery, mistakes, negativity, and all of that, let's start with Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the current national capital of misery, mistakes, negativity, and things of that nature, right? Unless you're all the other fans who are just absolutely loving this. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's the annoying neighbor that gets the Lamborghini, flaunts it, yaps about it, and then the thing's constantly in the shop or he blows out his tire roll. Like, you know. Oh, that's a shame. Run it into a tree in the front yard. Yeah. That's a shame. Three members of the football program, cornerback Denver Harris, wide receiver Chris Marshall, offensive lineman P.J. Williams, have all been indefinitely suspended. It's a result of a locker room incident last weekend. Uh, exactly the details are not clear. There have been some pretty funny reports, yeah. uh, but the accuracy of those reports, I do not right. know. However, the suspensions are real. And this is not the first for a couple of these guys. Harris and Marshall were suspended earlier in the year. Evan Stewart and Smoke Bowie were also suspended. P.J. Williams was suspended. All members of the 2022 vaunted class, all of those guys, top 75 players, all of those guys absolutely did not choose to go to A&M because of NIL. <laughs> right. Don't even suggest it, Nick Saban or anyone else. According to Jimbo Fisher. Absolutely did not. The team is three and four. These guys, A lot of these guys are playing. Marshall and Harris are contributing. Stewart's their like, best receiver. 
So these guys are, this is the future, but uh, it has erupted into a big debate over everything. And a lot of, I think you say schadenfreude. Is that how you say it? Schadenfreude. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, I can't speak English to the German. I know how to write that. I can write that. I can't. You're a writer, not a speaker, right? They don't say they don't say it right in College Station either. <laughs> it is one of those words What's in it? sports writing, at least. You learn how to spell because it's a pretty good one to use it. because there's a whole lot of it usually in every football season. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, so here's the, you know, and, and and look, one of the reasons, you know, remember the original A&M spent $30 million on their on their recruiting class and Jimbo went bananas, right? And we said one of the reasons is because the guys already on the team are saying, what, what the hell is this? Where's my money, right? And every recruit's going to come in and say, my money. That's one of the reasons to say, no, nah, I'm not paying anybody, right? Uh-huh. But uh, you could imagine that if any of these guys got NILs, which I know they didn't, <laughs> but let's talk hypothetically. <laughs> if AM put together the greatest statistical recruiting class in the history of football out of nowhere, Let's hypothetically say NIL was involved. You can see where money causes jealousy, where all sorts of locker room problems happen, where there's all sorts of chemistry. Pro- you can see all of this stuff. And I don't know if that's why they're three and four. I don't know why these guys got suspended again and are out indefinitely. But there is certainly plenty of people that are kind of dancing on it, saying, see, this is what happens when you just toss tons of money at high school recruits. And I would say... I have, as everyone knows, I have no problem tossing that money at high school recruits, but yes, this might happen. And this is why the entire NFL market don't react to what's going on mm-hmm. today and start trying to get Tuberville to bail you out with a, with a law. Wait and see, because if this implodes, if we, if, if there is a correlation of don't give Lamborghinis to 18 year olds, they might not hit the weight room at 6 a.m. the way you want. Then eventually this whole thing is going to shift, kind of regulate themselves. The market will find itself. And I bet there's a few EAM boosters. If hypothetically they were involved in an NIL payment to a guy who's now indefinitely suspended or aren't too happy about it. Yeah. You know, this is back when it was shadow NIL or, you know, not even NIL, but shadow payments to players. The whole thing was always the concern that. If you fork over the bag before they've contrib- before they've done anything, are they ever going to do anything? You know, pay up front, buyer beware. Monthly payments, yes, monthly payments, or yeah, we'll 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 catch you mid season. We'll get you again at the end of the season. You had a big game, hey, check for an envelope in your locker. You never know, but sure, this is there's a great chance, yes, that that boosters who are getting burned by this especially publicly to this degree, will say, we're not doing it or we're going to do it differently. We're going to, you know, either have a, a, a better protocol or we're going to wait and see guys actually do something for the program before we give them money or whatever. Yeah, there's a, there's a real good chance the market regulates itself as well as or earlier than anything that could be put in place politically or via the NCAA. Yeah. And I was talking to a, uh, an AD this morning about this exact thing about the, the NIL kind of correcting itself and, and the need to wait. Yeah. Like Dan was saying to react to 
the correction don't react to the immediate response of of what we've seen the last year, but react to the connect correction that might come, you know, right now or or within the next year, and then you know react to that with whatever policy or legislation or congressional stuff. I mean, the NCAA is going to come out with more guidance, quote unquote, later this week. And, you know, for the most part, it's from what I understand, it's going to be fairly irrelevant. You know, it's it's just answering questions that schools have. Uh, a lot of it, I think the biggest thing is going to be the affiliation between what schools can do as far as like with collectives and the affiliation with collectives. There might be some new stuff there, but it's already stuff that's really being done. But we're we're almost certainly going to see some kind of correction, like any new market, right? Like any new thing. So just wait on that, as this AD says, and then we can go from there. I don't know if they'll wait. They seem to be in quite a hurry to, quote, you know, fix something where we really don't know if it's broken or how broken it is. That's their nature. I mean, they, just, they have to regulate. They're so into rules. And that's why I keep saying no regulations. You guys are just trying to do things that are either going to be deemed unconstitutional or fruitless or a waste of time. You can sit there and say it's not an, you know, inducements are everything. You can't, it's just so many of these things they're coming up with. I've gone over it. I mean, but they, they, they just, they're like, they're like, I don't know. It's like a junkie coming off as high, you know, like they're, they're, they're twitchy. They're twitchy. So rules. It's the wild west. So it's okay. It's okay, right? We're playing football. Season's great. Tens of millions of people are watching. They're filling stadiums. Teams are winning. Teams are losing. You can't just buy a team. You still got to coach them. There's all these egos. No, that's the thing. If you, for people out there that think that the alleged bought greatest recruiting class ever was a bad thing, then having it absolutely like blow up in a school's face is exactly the kind of real life consequence that may actually lead to some sort of moderation mm-hmm. of the marketplace. Except I will say this. If a bunch of those five-star guys all hit the portal, guess what? Another school's be lined up like, oh, we'll take them. All right, where's our collective, yep. guys? Hey, hey, there's eight five-stars from A&M in the portal. We better go get them. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll, they'll be hit up, no question. But, you know, we'll see. It's just you don't, you don't know what you're even creating a rule on. Right. They're just let it play. We'll see. Maybe there's a year where you just can buy all the players. But you know what? You can't. Nobody can buy them all. Everyone's got some money. And, you know, there's a quote Derek Mason told the Oklahoman. I'm reading this from a Dennis Dodd story, basically on the subject on CBS. He told the Oklahoman after uh, Oklahoma State beat Texas. I'll go back to when I walk out of the building. I don't see Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I see Ford F-150s. I see Chevys. I see blue-collar stuff. And ours are immersed in the idea of toughness Mm. all day long. Now, this was not a dramatic reading of a country song, (laughs) but it could have been. That could have been a Merle Haggard song. Good job, Derek Mason. Yeah. We can combine Derek Mason and the Kentucky coal miner, and we'd we'd be on blue-collar highway here. 
taking the Lamborghini does not mean you're like you're soft, right? And driving the Chevy truck doesn't make you tough. Right. But there's something to it. I just the A and M the A and M disaster though is a cautionary tale. Yeah. And, it, and, and and again, I don't know that it, it curbs the market. I don't know that the price of the players don't keep going up, but it should give people some just relax with the chicken little act that, oh, my God, we're de- we're doomed. Mm-hmm. Someone's paying players. Yeah. yeah it's just, and that you're going to win. You're going to win, win short simply by play, paying players. It does. It's not all that simple. A lot of examples right now. A&M okay, and uh, in my mm-hmm. the situation at Miami, obviously. So a lot of I uh, wrote a, a I think we talked about this on the show, but entering the season wrote a story on all the the big NIL spenders, I guess you could say, and how the next two years, not just this year, but the next two years will will be a good gauge on on uh, you know how NFL is working and or NIL is working, and I think that you know obviously Texas A&M and Miami were were in that mix, but so were Tennessee and in USC, so. You, you have some where it, it quote-unquote, is working. But this is – obviously, we're in a small sample size, and I think it's going to be more like years instead of months to to figure this thing out. And it's going to correct itself. Yeah, you got you know? to see when these guys are yeah. seniors. Yeah. You also got to see great players become right. juniors and seniors. But there's a long journey on this. So, uh, A&M, Jimbo, good job serving as our guinea pig here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's pro- he's provided a lot of headlines for us in the last six months yeah, or so. I'm I mean, guessing you know. though. I'm guessing that the 29 person. I mean, they already weren't all going to stay at Texas A&M anyway. Right. Right. But uh, there'll be a the portal will be heavy in there. Portal will be heavy on that. And you know, we had a good reminder that the wild wild west has always existed. Yeah. Uh, we had a great a great interview on the uh, Bussin with the Boys podcast at a bar stool. They had Lendale White of the uh, USC Trojans back in the day, the, the two two time national champs or one national champ. What they yeah, only he won was, one. He was on the team in 03 and 04, I believe. So yeah, two. But didn't one of them not actually win? Well, it? no, they, they, split? they split in 03 yeah, with LSU. Really. They got a vote. Yeah. They got a they vote. Were undis- there was a one peat. Undis- Someone started a website called <laughs> onepeat.com. Yeah. They that took umbrage with the idea that USC was going for the three peat. <laughs> It was an LSU <laughs> fan. Poor, shocking. Poor. That's he put. That was always that was you know one of the great things about the poll era or whatever the hell it was was people just like refusing to acknowledge that the other team won a championship. It's not good enough that you won a half. You have to also <laughs> deny the other team's half. You know, Nebraska, Michigan, Georgia Tech, Colorado. No, no, their half was bogus. Ours was legitimate. One Pete. Yeah. Uh, Sean, play the uh, le- uh, the uh, Lendale. Um- interview here he's he talks about his life at usc a little bit in here i hear the story about the seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house and i didn't my, my parents didn't move when they say we was about to um go to the draft so i don't know man like you know what, I'm saying? what car do you drive in college alexis gs 400 mm-hmm. okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stipends must have been pretty good right. in california yeah. right that's crazy yeah. I, I know 1200 a month to get you that's yeah. crazy dude yeah that is yeah. wild he was living where i was downtown yeah, he was downtown la oh, living man. nice we condo talk, we, we got coaches we talk about it. boosters 
what? I don't I don't really know what a booster or a coach is. I didn't have, He doesn't know what a coach is. I <laughs> All I know is that I had a nice house or a nice apartment and when I went in there, like I know that there was somebody left something behind. I don't know if it was for me or not, <laughs> but I never told anybody that they left it there and I kept it. So. What's the most amount of money you've seen left somewhere that you, you know? Probably seen What's like the a, most amount you've seen? Maybe about a Hundred fifty. We talking. We talking. We want them weekend numbers, oh, this man. Is, this is all just cash. Rubber bands. <laughs> 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 Never happens when I move into a place. <laughs> guardrails. <laughs> we need guardrails. <laughs> Please. Yeah, we've either. Always needed guardrails or never needed them? One of the two. We don't never all of a sudden them. need them now. Never need them. <laughs> you walked into an apartment. There was a bag with 150000 on it. His apartment in downtown L.A. Not the dorm. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, L.A. is a very affordable oh, place yeah. for yeah. college kids. Yeah. Yeah, downtown gets mm -hmm. a nice spot. Yeah, he was saying that he did not get the Reggie Bush, you know, didn't get the parents got the moved into the house down in San Diego. Right. He didn't get that, right. but he got the 100. Uh, yeah, and that was just the most he found left for him. <laughs> yeah, right. And Darius, he was not the best player on the team. <laughs> no. No. Wasn't the best running back on the team. He was a good one. Really good one. Inducements. Inducements. Yeah. Yep. Do you think it was an inducement when every kid visited USC or anywhere else and saw that the stars were living in condos downtown <laughs> and drove a fancy Lexus. Uh, Was that an inducement? Yeah. It's a, you know, mm -hmm. perhaps you, it's all the same. You, know, you get an indication what could be happening there. Yeah. Nothing, nothing has changed. Yeah. It's pretty funny. That part was pretty funny. Most of the, uh, I had not heard much from Lendale in a long time. He, it was mostly about his NFL career, but that part was interesting. He also talked about how he was hanging out a lot with Snoop. And uh, he missed class, and Pete Carroll got mad at Snoop, and Snoop told Pete Carroll to show up. <laughs> That's, That's terrific. Great. Inducements! <laughs> yeah. That's tremendous. Yeah. It was, yeah what it was what other inducements? Just go to USC practice, which were wide open back in the day. Yeah. Public yeah. media, everybody, come on in. And yeah, there's fine. I mean, hang out with Snoop at practice. Fun. Pretty good inducement. Yeah. So he was hanging with Snoop, and. Uh, you know, they were they were having a good time. So yeah, it's it's been going on. I think we'll I think we'll be okay. If you think that Texas fans, at least some of them, are upset that Texas isn't winning enough games under Steve Sarkeesian or angry at Steve Sarkeesian, it's not just that. No. Sure, they blew a 10-point lead, lose 41-34 to, to Oklahoma State, but Sark had the uh audacity to leave the field after the game followed by several players while not remaining out on the field to sing the eyes of Texas, the fight song. And this apparently rankled uh, a, a robust enough segment of the Texas fan base that Sarkeesian had to apologize. I owe an apology to Longhorn Nation. <laughs> I can't even do this seriously. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> At the end of the game, not singing the eyes of Texas when the game was done. That is not anything that was intentional. That was not anything that had to do with our players. I think our players just followed me up the ramp. 
obviously upset by the way the game ended. I apologize for, to everybody for that. That'll never happen again. Again, it was not intentional. That's nice. Isn't mm. it? <laughs> Thank goodness he apologized. The man missed a fight song to the tune of I've Been Working on the Railroad. <laughs> and he had to apologize. Have y'all, have y'all seen the still photo of uh, the players who did stand out there? I think they were probably like... It looks like the vast majority of players followed him up the tunnel. There were like maybe 25 yes. players, yeah. 20 players standing out there. And one of them... <laughs> maybe. One of them is this poor guy. He just, you know... He looks, he's a fairly unathletic, let's just say unathletic looking person. And he's, um, his belly's just hanging out from underneath the jersey, <laughs> and, which looks like it's in perfect condition, you know, because he didn't play. And he's, he's got the <laughs> horns up, but it's like a half horn and it's kind of like a limp wrist horn. And it's just like sitting there and he's just like staring up in the distance. It is the saddest looking picture. And this is what we're apologizing for, for right. not yeah. coming out and doing that. It is the most ridiculous thing. Right. Yeah. Is that 91? Uh, I have yeah, to I go back. Yeah. but I, I'm. Sh- there are it, some it sad <laughs> horns. There are some, they're not any horns down. Yes. It's just sad yes. Uh, <sighs> well, okay. I have no school spirit. We've established oh, that. Yes, we have. I don't even understand the concept. <laughs> I've always found it a little weird when they all link arms and everyone sings a song together. <laughs> it's not the Star Spangled Banner. So I don't understand. So one of you SEC alums, please tell me what the hell is going on <laughs> that a grown man has to apologize because <laughs> he missed the 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 the, the knockoff. I've been working on a railroad. <laughs> Tradition, well, man. I will say this. I, I will say this. Hey, and I, I believe we have been on record for years now on the pod saying how stupid this thing is. Uh, I know I have. All of least. them. All of them. Yeah. Well, yes, all of them. If you don't, all of them. All of them. Yes. And especially that one, which if there are black players on the team that feel like there is a racist underlining to that and you don't like it i think you have the right to do what you want to do and this became a huge deal under tom herman and one of the reasons really that tom herman lost the fan base but here's the thing for sark and i think as stupid as this is i think it's a real warning (laughs) sign about sark's ability to handle the job because he (laughs) he stood there and said at his introductory press conference we're in with with five. This is what he said. I know this much. The Eyes of Texas is our school song. We're going to sing that song. We're going to sing that proudly. That's a line in the sand, and it's what the boosters wanted to hear and what his AD wanted him to say. But you do that, and then you're five and three in your second year, and you can't handle standing there and doing the stupid <laughs> I think that's a bad sign. I think he's melting down. I'm serious. <laughs> All right, so there was a huge controversy. We covered this on past ones, and there was actually a big, long report. I read the whole report. It's very, very convoluted on what the background, the intentions, all of that. So we do not need to rehash that complicated situation. But there are questions. But I found a very credible report by the Texas, some of the history professors and stuff, as I recall, kind of concluded it was not what it was being portrayed as. But... Regardless of all that part, I just find it hysterical that the song, he had to apologize like that for a song. Like, you would have thought he got a DUI. (laughs) 
Let, I'm going to do a dramatic Again. reading of the eyes of Texas. Okay. <laughs> a dramatic reading. And understand this is to, I've been working on the railroad, which most of us learned when we were four. That's the song, <laughs> right? It's a nursery rhyme. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the live long day. The eyes of Texas are upon you. You cannot get away. Do not think you can escape them from night till early morn. The eyes of Texas are upon you till Gabriel blows his horn. Now, what? who is Gabriel? Why did he replace Dinah blow your horn? <laughs> Dinah got bounced. The angel Gabriel. Come on, man. Is that it? Sure. <laughs> Work on your theology. Come back. I don't. Is, are you sure? I'm guessing. Where, Gabriel where had a horn. Conrad, I need our bishops. I need our hey. pastors. I need our priests. We found that Catholic priest in Oklahoma. Right. He listens. Somebody tell me. Is that the Gabriel? I don't know. Ga Gabriel's looked, horn. Uh, a particular geometric. Where's it? Oh, my. Where am I getting this? <laughs> yeah, where I are did, you getting yeah. this? Archangel Gabriel is the angel who blows the horn to announce judgment. Oh, there you so go. It's a all right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's, it's that's actually cool. Yeah. So it's I rescind that part of the song. See, like a, some kind of God, like some kind of religious figure, like deeming ju judgment down on the players. <laughs> I like that. Well, the eyes of Texas, Sark, got to be there, man. If you're going to be stand up there and say, we're going to do this, then yeah, maybe it's the coach who should do it. Just a thought. Here was my other, my other warning bell with Sark on all this. Uh-oh. When he was being peppered with questions about the fact that they're still not very good says, it's easy to look at the record. We've come a long way as a program. Well, yeah, the record is the record. Ask Bill Parcells. You are your record, and his record is 10 and 10, and it's Texas. Yeah. And they paid a ton of money to fire Tom Herman to hire you, and they're going into the SEC. So it's not only easy to look at the record, it's important to look at the record. Might want to make the record better. Mm. Ross, did you ever sing the Mississippi State fight song? <laughs> Did you link uh, arms? I don't know about linking arms. We definitely sang the fight song, for sure. Kind of forgot it now. It doesn't, I don't think it uh, follows a melody of a uh, children's tune, though, thankfully. But uh, <laughs> I, I, we did. We did sing the song. I, I get I'm the outlier. I get I, I don't get it. I get that I'm, yeah, I'm a curmudgeon. <laughs> I, tradition, I'm wrong. Dan. I tradition. I get all that, but I'm still puzzled. <laughs> I, I'm just puzzled, but it's like a group sing-along. It's just so weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we sang the Mizzou alma mater or the fight song or whatever. I mean, if you score a touchdown and you want to sing the song or sing a song mm. or you do all that, but the after, the after part, that's like, yeah. well, I don't get it like yeah. after the game and you have to stand the there even one. after a humiliating defeat and all that yeah. stuff. It's like, wh right. Wh are you disrespected the eyes yeah. of Texas? The after part yeah. is stupid. I mean, that is... is we have said but that is not exactly great songwriting. <laughs> At least they, they, I hope our, our clergy that listen will acknowledge we're trying to get Dan a little bit of uh, mm -hmm. good theology job, Pat, here. Getting that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I still think, you know, justice for Dinah. She got bounced. Dinah had a horn. She's out. <laughs> Gabriel just comes in. Yep. You know, takes the horn from Dinah. <laughs> Yeah, I always want to know who Dinah was. Yeah. Uh, who's Dinah? I don't know. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right. When the Big Ten laid out this schedule, this Saturday was going to be the weekend. The four best teams expected, four of the five, I'd say, historically best. I don't know where you put Michigan State in this but anyway they were all squaring off and you could you could imagine that the the league office was excited for like a double header we're going to control the narrative this is going to be super exciting ohio state is going to visit penn state michigan state is going to visit michigan this is about as good as it gets double dip it's going to be big unfortunately the big 10 is completely boring this year <laughs> and i am challenging michigan state and penn state to change that Nittany Lions, despite being 6-1 and one, ranked 13th in the country, is a 15.5-point underdog at home. Michigan State is 3-4, and four, and they're a 22.5-point underdog. And I need these two teams to at least give us some games. I can't have another 41-17 like Penn State, Michigan. I don't want any peanut butter and jelly sandwiches getting thrown around <laughs> at the Buckeyes. PB&J. It was James Franklin's fault, according to yes, Jim Harbaugh. Yes, Jim Harbaugh said he's whining. Okay. Too much whining. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's, that's somewhat fair. Yeah, Franklin seemed to claim that he couldn't get his team to the locker room, but they were the first ones up the ramp. So just keep walking, right? Yeah. You'd get in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, regardless. All right, Big Ten. All right, a lot of excitement at Illinois. They're 6-1. and one. Some life under Brett Bielema. There's some really good players in the league. Muhammad Ibrahim or Roman Hemby. I don't know. Charlie Jones at Purdue. Some different guys. But basically, this entire season is just everyone's laying down. And Ohio State and Michigan may run away with it. And it may be an absolutely incredible end of the season. But it's not like just waiting to the end is not really what you would call a dramatic Big Ten campaign. Oh, I agree that, yeah, I mean, I remember back at the beginning of the year looking at this date and saying, well, okay, you know, we'll be double staffing. I'll be in Ann Arbor. Ross will be in Happy Valley or the other way around or whatever, you know, that that this was going to be the weekend that the Big Ten was the place to be. And it just hadn't panned out that way. And I, Penn State, anyway, that their one loss was so bad against Michigan. I mean, they were honestly lucky they only lost by 24. That if, if it wasn't for that fluke bounce around interception return touchdown, you lose by 31. And then there was one play that got him down the field for another touchdown. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, they, they just, they look like they are two and a half steps behind Ohio State and Michigan. And then Michigan State is way behind that. So that's the problem there in the East. It's just those two have separated so much. I am holding out some hope that Penn State actually matches up better with Ohio State than they did with Michigan. Because I think it's going to be less of a line of scrimmage game, and Penn State has a really good secondary. They're fifth nationally in pass efficiency defense. I think 
they're not just going to be played off their feet by those great Ohio State receivers. And maybe that game is a little bit more competitive than the one we saw in Ann Arbor. But but either way, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, anticlimactic to reach this point and be looking and saying, gosh, we may or may not get one good game out of those two. I was curious about the Penn State, Ohio State series. And man, I, I didn't realize it was so lopsided lately, you know, because it just seems like I mean, it seems like James Franklin's had, you know, quite a few good teams, but lost nine of 10 to Ohio State. And, you know, the games have been somewhat close here and there. It's been in and out. But, uh, yeah, I just, I I do, I kind of get the feeling that this one's going to be close. But you're right. You know, you look at this Big Ten slate and, shoot, I mean, you know, even a game like Northwestern and Iowa before the year got here, you thought might give us uh, two two decent teams. But, uh that one uh, in, yeah. it features a combined four wins on the year. So, and might might uh, what, what is the over under in that one? It wasn't the lowest in the history of college football or something. Thirty seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, thirty seven. Yeah, big hashtag wow. Big Ten baby. Oh hashtag goodness. big. There you go. Whew. There's a way that they can have a seven way tie in the yeah. Big Ten yeah, West so and Northwestern yeah. wins it. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, even go the whole season. So Notre Dame doesn't look like it's, you know, that was an exciting night for Ohio State, but it turns out it wasn't that big of a game. Michigan played nobody because they bailed on the UCLA. Like, there hasn't, there just hasn't been anything exciting happening. No. And if they, if, if the Buckeyes and, and the Wolverines roll, and I don't know that they will because Penn State, I, I agree, they should be better set up to play Ohio State. We'll see. And Michigan State, you could, you know, it's the proverbial throw out the record, right? right? Like I think Michigan State can can get up and give Michigan an exciting game. That's all I want. Yep. Otherwise, it's it's Michigan's got Rutgers, Nebraska, and Illinois at home, which obviously would be yeah. an unexpectedly mm-hmm. good game. Yep. Uh, if the especially if the Illini keep going, but Ohio State's got Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, and so I just want something out of the Big Ten before. Just give me two games this weekend. Just give me something. Doesn't seem like too much to ask. Doesn't seem too much to ask. Like we mentioned the last game, like even the Penn State whiteouts got to now be a non-Ohio State team because everything's got to be the big noon kickoff. I mean, you're Fox. Fox, now they're getting good ratings because people watch Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, They'll get big, big numbers no matter what. But I mean, these are your games at noon this year. You got... Uh, well, they had Oklahoma beat Nebraska by 49-14. Michigan won, beat Maryland 34-27. Michigan won 27-14 over Iowa, 31-10 over Indiana, 41-17 over Penn State. Four straight weeks of Michigan. None of them really good games. Mm-hmm. Ohio State beat Iowa 54-10. to Like, big noon kickoff yeah. could use some action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly. They did get the Texas-Alabama game at the beginning, but that wasn't the Big Ten part. Right. No, mostly Big Ten kickoff has been a vehicle to see the atrocities of uh, Iowa's offense. <laughs> it's been the main thing. Other Big Ten news that may or may not be of interest, according to uh, internet research, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But at Dub Jellison, look this up. You may know. I'm sure you guys are big Swifties, big Taylor Swift fans. She, uh, you may have heard Taylor put out an album this week, and. Uh, The Purdue Boilermakers have never won a game, never won the next game after a Taylor Swift album release. (laughs) 
In 2006, they lost to Penn State, 08, Iowa, 08, uh, 10, they lost to Illinois, 12, Minnesota, 14, Nebraska, 17, Northwestern, and 19, Nevada. Wow. 2020, it was an out-of-season release of some sort. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Taylor's been busy. She doesn't have yeah, right. popular. She's churning but, it out. Um, uh, they have not. Now, here's the here's the rub. They're on bye oh. this week. But they get Iowa in mm. two weeks. So does it does the Taylor Swift curse carry over against the Boilermakers? It's gonna be very that's at this point, that's the most fascinating subplot yeah. in the Big Ten. <laughs> if I were uh <laughs> Jeff Brom, and you're coming off a really stinkola performance and getting smoked by Wisconsin. I would, you know, get a, a, a everything's all downloadable now. But if you can find a CD or a, a dub of of Taylor Swift's new thing, I would I would ceremonially burn it in the locker room this week to end the curse. Oh, I don't know now. <laughs> That'd be dangerous. Why? <laughs> If you burn the Swift fans, there's oh, a man. lot Swifties. of those. They're going to come after you. Out. Look the out. Swifties. You could also set off a curse. You don't want Taylor Swift mm-hmm. mad at you. Why not? I don't know, man. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Listen, that's, people are offended about the the knockoff. I've been working on a railroad, <laughs> not singing it. You don't think they're going to get really angry if you start burning Taylor Swift out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my general approach to life is I don't really care who's mad at yeah. me, as you might be able <laughs> I've to notice. Know. Yeah, <laughs> but how's that working out for you? You're on this crap ass podcast. Good luck to the Swifties in your mentions, man. They're gonna get yeah, on you. Probably, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah. just let it be. T- that's at Pat yeah. Forty, you Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> Here we go. Oh Lord. One more faction coming at me. Yeah, open the can of, <laughs> yeah, open the can of Swifties. I don't think you know what you're bit off. There's a lot of them. They're out there. They're passionate. And they sit yeah, online yeah. all day. They, they, this is very dangerous. What's the very dangerous? What's the Venn diagram overlap between our pod listenership and Taylor Swift fans? It can't be that. <laughs> I good. think it's actually probably pretty good. Really? Do you know any albums this woman sells? Yeah, a lot. A lot. But really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to get killed for making fun of the eyes of Texas. Yeah. So. <laughs> Speaking of the t- tunnel tussle, as they're deeming it between Michigan and Penn State, as you said, Harbaugh said, uh, we got bigger fish to fry than Franklin's opinion on the halftime tunnel. Yeah, he said, uh, he said, he said, I don't have much to say. And then he said, like, then he went to talking for like a full thing. minute about, about stuff and called him whining and, and blamed him for clogging the tunnel and preventing them from getting to their locker room. So he had nothing to say, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Well, that's it. Harbaugh does have a sign over the door to his office. It says no whining. So uh, I think uh, there you go. he has found James Franklin to be in violation of that. <laughs> Not enough discussion of the thrown peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I agree. Is uh, how I would put it. The uh, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich game. Hey, one other Big Ten uh, thought. Kirk Ferentz, uh, I guess on Tuesday, was talking about the media barrage they've they've endured here, uh, especially after being just absolutely obliterated and completely inept offensively against Ohio State. And he he referred to 
the questioning that he got, and I, I was it was presumed this is from Doug LaMarie, who Dan mentioned on the Overreaction podcast, had written a, a column basically scorching Ference for mishandling of the state's uh, football program there, uh, and and Ference termed it Despite a, working for Cleveland.com. Yes, right. Yes. He, the many denizens of Cleveland who care about the Iowa <laughs> football program. Hey, you cover the whole league, man. Part of the league. Yeah. And yes, as if he was so offended by what Iowa trotted out that day, which we all were if you watched it. But yes, he referred to it as being interrogated. And then he said, it dawned on me coming home as bad as today was. I could have been that guy. I could have had his job. Oh. (laughs) I mean, we'd probably all rather have Kirk's job and get $7 a year and be able to hire our kid and have answer to nobody than... Make a new sort of a, a I think sports writer. Got a salary. nice job. Yeah. That's a nice job. Honest living. Jeez. Yeah. So, anti-working man mm-hmm. over there in Ohio. Yep. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not giving that pumping that tire up. Uh-uh. Cocktail party down in Jacksonville, world's largest cocktail party. It's being played this weekend. I believe that's not allowed to. Be. Is that that nope. name no longer nope. around? Yeah, I think they've they've altered that, yep. haven't they? Yeah. They've. Uh, uh, what is it I now? What it, see, it's such a terrible it's just change. Just the world's largest outdoor party yeah, something or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. It's bad. Whatever, whatever they change it to, it's bad, and nobody <laughs> goes by it. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I went last no. year. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Okay, look, look it up. I will serve as the reminder to Georgia and Florida fans that you, if you're over 21, you can go to a store and buy alcohol and drink it. <laughs> so, but. I, I don't, you know, we don't want to mark. They don't want to mark. I would it also bet that you can in that stadium buy alcohol and drink it. Sure. Sure. During that game. Yeah. I'm sure the people in Jacksonville visit Jacksonville. Be quite happy if you come in Friday night, get to the landing and get, get some business done. Plenty of places. But, you know, I'm sure the Georgia, Florida fans, but with it not being named the cocktail party, just wander around, not knowing what to do. <laughs> As you know, Kirby Smart wants this thing moved to home and home. And he, his biggest problem, he said last year at SEC Media Days, he can't get a Florida coach to agree with me on this. His issue is recruiting, of course. I'm competing all across the SEC who host recruits at their biggest games. When Auburn plays Alabama, guess where the recruits are? When LSU and Alabama play, that's where the biggest recruits want to go. It's an opportunity for bring these kids who fly in from all the country What game do they want to come see Georgia play? They'd like to see Georgia play Florida, but they can't do that. It's very important. Recruiting is very important. Can't get a Florida coach to agree. He wants to go home and home so that every other year he can bring recruits to Athens for the big Florida game. Right now, they cannot host recruits on an off-campus site like this, Uh, although I'm sure there'll be plenty of ways to get certainly Jacksonville area talent to uh to wander over if they'd like to and maybe just sit in the stands or whatever we talked a little about this over the over the summer but ross your thoughts on uh will they ever move the cocktail party which i think has been there 70 years yeah or something. yeah also i'm trying to find the name this has been a difficult task know. so it's <laughs> i guess there's been and this is probably why we didn't come up with the name the new name is there's been several different things Local, like, uh, I guess the local Jacksonville Convention and Visitors Bureau started calling it the River City Showdown. 
um, no, last no. year. And then, <laughs> and then a lot of sites are now just referring to it as Florida hyphen Georgia. That's, that's it. <laughs> oh, that Florida, Georgia <laughs> line. I think that was, so they, yeah, they, they was- haven't, uh, they haven't really given it anything, any catchy name yet. I, uh, I'm a proponent of um, on-campus games. It's something we've talked about on uh, on the pod quite a bit, especially with the expanded playoff situation. I am definitely a proponent of on-campus games, and I think uh, I think that eventually we'll see this one uh, move move back, like a lot of them have. Right? There's only a really small amount of games that are like rivalry games, traditional annual rivalry games that are held off campus. You know, I, I can, uh, I mean, obviously Texas and Oklahoma is one and, and this one is another. I'm sure there are a few more, but, but there. It's Arkansas A&M. Yeah. 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 And no, that's kind I of a jury, new jury one world. that went, right. That's kind of a new one. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of weird. It that's is. kind of weird. Yeah. So. Ah, I mean, they're doing that for yeah. recruiting. Right. Because yeah. they want to be, so, I mean, you get something out of being there. That's that's my I don't, I don't know. Like, I think this is kind of a cool tradition and it's unique. I am pro on-campus games also, but there's something about this one that just works. Mm. Like the Texas Oklahoma game being at the state fair. So I kind of mm. don't want to that's kind of tradition mm. I kind of like. I know it's a little weird that I uh, you know, I'm I'm violating it's, my It's it's been played in Jacksonville by the way since 1933 other than two wow. exceptions. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know. They've re- they built the stadium. They had to go campus mm-hmm. when they built the stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or they redid the stadium. I remember that. Yeah. Also, the cocktail party name comes from Florida Times Union sports writer Bill Castells, who in 1950s gave it the name the world's largest outdoor cocktail party after he observed a drunken fan offering a policeman a drink. If we named every right. college football game after, uh, could you imagine if we named every college football rivalry game after what we randomly saw outside the stadium? Oh, there would God. be <laughs> some real interesting names of rivalry series. Yes, there would. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that'd be tough. Mm. That's tough. Uh, the, uh, I mean, I, I like this game and I love the game in Dallas. I, I Those games are fun. I maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here too, but I think during the regular season you throw those one or two special things in there, and they're bordering states. It works with the fan bases coming together. It's a wonderful atmosphere. Fifty-fifty ticket split. It's not a bunch of corporate muckety mucks like you get at a lot of the bowl game sort of settings. So I I, I would love to see him keep it and. You know, one of the reasons Kirby is as good a recruiter as he is is he wants every advantage and he presses every advantage. So I get it, but I also know that 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six straight years, they've had a top five class. I don't think it's killing them to not have the Georgia-Florida game on campus. So, you know, I, I, I can't really feel like of an abundance of sympathy or feel like they're really being disadvantaged there because they sure seem to be making it up in other areas. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Other big one in the SEC that I'm interested in is Kentucky at Tennessee. And Kentucky's everyone's forgot about, especially after the South Carolina loss. But they got Will Levis back. They got the running game back. Defense is good. Uh, And they're kind of laying in the weeds. And Tennessee is one week from the Georgia Mm. mega show. 
and it can't be a look ahead for for Tennessee. So I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it is. And and uh, you know, Tennessee had the UT Martin last week, but you know, week before that, they obviously had the big game against Alabama, and like you said, they they got the big game coming against Georgia. So it does feel like a little trap-ish game. And Levis is right back and, and healthy. The concern would be, after seeing Kentucky live against Ole Miss a few weeks ago, the concern would be Kentucky's offensive line, especially the right side of its line. It is just rough. So can they give Levis enough time to throw? Because if they do, the kid has got an incredible arm, obviously, first-round type arm. You hear scouts talk about talking him up and down. But, uh, but yeah, I, this one, like I, this one, has a feeling of a um, somewhat of a shootout that's pretty close, like a thirty-eight to thirty-one type of thing. Yeah, I put in the the forty-yard dash this week. I, I did the the seven agents of chaos, seven schools out there, one from five, well, six of them from the Power Five plus Notre Dame that aren't having the seasons they necessarily hope for, but could blow up the entire national picture. Mm. And Kentucky was my one from the SEC because they do have this game where they have a bye week advantage. They're coming off of two weeks off. Tennessee basically had a bye week playing Tennessee Martin. But still, Tennessee still is probably a, you know, still processing, becoming all of a sudden the hottest thing in the country. And as Dan alluded to, Georgia is looming thereafter. So Kentucky, I think, catches them at a good point on the schedule. And then Kentucky also catches Georgia at a good point on the schedule. They play them both. They get Georgia in Lexington. When the dogs are coming off, having played Florida, Tennessee, and at Mississippi State, back to back to back. So again, I think the schedule works in Kentucky's favor there. Are they good enough? I don't know. I think both teams are definitely better than Kentucky. But if if one of them plays a C-plus game, could they get caught? Maybe so. Ongoing saga in the anal beads <laughs> chest oh God, scandal. Here we go. Uh, can't get away. <laughs> can't get away. <laughs> I had to just, I, I just had to, I didn't put that in the yeah. rundown or anything. I needed, I needed yes. Ross's reaction on Can't that. Can't escape the it. anal bead story. Uh, Hans Neiman is the 19-year-old American who uh, has been accused of cheating in chess. Uh, he had a rapid rise to the top. It includes uh, inserting beads <laughs> and getting a rope remote control <laughs> Morris code to tell him which moves to make. Uh, he was accused of he was uh, Magnus Carlson, the, the great champion, accused him basically of this, uh, hinted that Neiman cheated, basically said he wouldn't play him, all different stuff. And then really the off the top rope move was chess.com, which is generally not known for its ju- investigative journalism, but came in and and reported that uh, Hans had cheated more than 100 online games. And all that. Well, uh, Neiman has responded with a hundred million dollar lawsuit. Wow! About uh, defamation. Mm. Defendants have destroyed Neiman's life simply because he had the talent, dedication, and audacity to defeat the so-called king of chess, <laughs> Magnus Carlsen. Hundred million dollar lawsuit. Holy moly. Hundred million. Can buy a lot of anal beads with a hundred uh, million dollars. Saying he's putting cheating. his money where his booty is there. <laughs> Let's go. Uh discovery, not something I want no, to be a part no, of. Right? Like uh how they get to the bottom also, of these, that one. these guys' Ooh. names, Hans uh, and Magnus. Do y'all ever watch the world's strongest <laughs> man? 
You know, it's always somebody from Croatia <laughs> oh, yeah. or Europe. They, they, they these guys oh, sound Magnus these, from yeah, Magnus. these guys sound like uh, some world's strongest men. And in fact, they're like the opposite of the world's strongest yeah. men. They are the opposite. They're playing chess and they're using anal beads to cheat at chess. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. World's weakest man. <sighs> That's a very good point. Magnus from yeah. Magnuson, the four-time yeah. world's strongest right. man, mm-hmm. is from Iceland. Yeah. I met him. You did? Yes. I was in a bar in Reykjavik. <laughs> kind of a long story. But. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Wait a it's minute. It's a true story. Okay. Just a long story. Whatever. Anyway, I found myself in a bar in Reykjavik. <laughs> and Magnus was and there. Magnus for Magnuson was there. Mm. Uh, this is a long time ago now. And... Uh, I got introduced to him. He was trying to get some publicity in the United States and stuff. So he took an interest in me and we're talking. He's a very interesting guy. I grew up on a rock farm in Eastern Iceland. <laughs> Wait a minute. Rock don't farm? farm rocks? Come on. Yeah, you do. Oh, come on. I don't know. That's what he You don't grow that's rocks. That's what he said. You don't question no, what don't Magnus question for him. Magnus no. world ti- world yeah, four time world Congress man. Okay. This guy had parts of his body that like just I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> what is that? Sh- is that your shoulder? What is that? It's just absolute massive individual. Yeah. <laughs> so Magnus, we're sitting there and he says, hey, uh, but he's a much better. I cannot do an Icelandic accent. I can't speak English. So. Anyway, Magnus in this is incredible. He has the voice you would expect out of Magnus. He has the size of Magnus that you would expect out of the four-time world's strongest man. He, everything about Magnus for Magnuson is just absolute, I don't know, testosterone mm. off the top. Who knows what he, you know, not taking NAL money, right? <laughs> sure, it's totally clean. Anyway, he says, would you like to do a shot oh, gosh. with me? A shot. But I like to do a shot with Magnus for Magnuson four times, <laughs> world's strongest. Man. Of course. There'd be no greater honor in my life than doing a shot with Magnus for Magnuson. <laughs> So, and it was one of these bars that had the little shot glasses, you know, in Europe, like they just, like, it's just the shot. It's like, they're small, right? Mm-hmm. So the bartender pops two shot glasses down and he's going to fill it. And the guy goes, what would you like? What do you, Magnus says, what kind of shot would you like? He's, and he's holding this little teeny glass in this freaking massive hand, right? <laughs> he puts it, I said, I, your choice. It's the choice of Magnus for Magnus and four time world's strongest man. I mean, I am expecting like lava to come, like a special <laughs> bottle. I mean, who the hell knows, right? Like just straight booze. I might die. I might die in Reykjavik this night. But it's going to be worth it, right? I mean, you got you can't back down no, either. No, you got to. No backing down. You're like, okay, whatever Magnus for Magnuson, four-time World's Strongest Man chooses, I am going to consume because what else are you going to do? You cannot wimp out when drinking with Magnus. And so he says, okay, my choice. And he goes, two peach schnapps. Oh, wow. Come on. Look at there. I was so disappointed. (laughs) Magnus Ver Magnuson drinks peach schnapps. I hope you wrote a column on this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe I've ever publicly told the story until right here. The lucky listeners. College football (laughs) inquire. You come for all your Magnus Magnuson news on peach schnapps. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's what you drink? Does he like you lift 
trucks over your head. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't tell him that. Does he own a poodle too? I did not. I drank it. I was, oh, yes. Who doesn't yeah. like peach schnapps, Mac? Great call. Great call, guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just thinking right. I'd be so refreshing. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir, was, sir. Oh, my gosh. I hope he's not listening. I'm just saying. <laughs> He might be. We have incredible rank reach. <laughs> we're big in, we're big in Iceland. So well, yeah, it was anyway. so was Hapthor that dude that Hapthor Bjornsson, I think he was Iceland. Did he come after? Is he the one Magnus? who was in the the Yeah, he, he was he in the um Hapthor is yeah, current. Game of Thrones. Yeah, he, Game of Yeah, then he was gonna try out for the NFL. I talked to him too, but on a phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every whack job that's trying to do something in the world. Oh, I get the call. Hey, uh, let's, let's call Wetzel on this guy. He'll, he'll, do, he'll do it. Yeah. Let's call Wetzel. He'll take the call. <laughs> Game of Thrones guys trying to play in the NFL. All right, call Wetzel. That's good for Yahoo. Yahoo will run it. <laughs> he was a nice guy. Did you get the yeah. quote? The he's quote they call him the, the mountain, mountain, right? Yeah, now. I mean six nine, yeah. like three eighty or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, yeah, the peach schnapps has always has always uh, struck me. I went to Subway once with Brock Lesnar, and he only got a six inch. <laughs> really? That too surprised me. <laughs> he only got six inch sandwich. Yeah. Now he was in camp, so maybe that was it. But I was like, really? I would have thought Brock Lesnar would have had a full, the full twelve. You would think foot long, you know. But hey, yeah. yeah Try, so yeah, it's it a weird lean. weird job. And listen, Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> Don't be talking down. <laughs> talking down on my guy, Doug. You don't know. He's hanging out in Iowa, losing games. Yeah. We got to stand up for him. This show is, I don't even know where Back. we're at. That's just, I'm off like, the rails. We'll be back we, for the race for the case. We've lost the thread. Totally off the rails. I just told like a 10-minute Iceland drinking in Iceland. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's it. Race for the case. We'll be back to pick the case. We'll try to be more focused <laughs> next time. <laughs> Keep uh, subscribing, we hope. Uh, share us on social media, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>